Radio Free Cybertron. Transformers. Rewind. This week on Transformers Rewind, it's Revelations Part 3, Apocalypse. Following up from the last episode, Black Nightstream and Black Arachnia face Jester. As Thrust watches on, Jester extracts Black Arachnia's spot. You failed us, Optimus. Just like you failed Cybertron. How can I stop this? Tell me! I don't Valiantly, Nightscream faces both Jetstorm and Thrust. I'm sure it won't be pleasant. Going somewhere, tailpipe? Just looking for something worth bragging. Me too. Guess we both got lucky. Once retrieved, Black Arachnia's body is reunited with her spark. Come on, you... Megatron has started a war between the organic and the technological, but we can't overcome the destructive force of his rampant technology. Don't you see, Optimus? By means of deduction, as well as Optimus Primal's wacky psychic powers, the Maximals discover that Tank War is, in fact, the long-lost Maximal Rhinox. But evil. Easy, Rhinox. We just want to help you. When pleading proves to be fruitless, the Maximals resort to brainwashing. Rhinox? It is you! But how- Ever since Megatron abducted my spark and changed me, I've been conscious inside Tank Core. I couldn't reach the surface, couldn't communicate, but the whole time I was watching, learning. We've recovered you, and together we can finally defeat Megatron. Defeat him? Open your eyes like mine finally are. Megatron is the only hope this planet has of achieving technological perfection. Maximals, stand down. Optimus Primal will have nothing of it, however. His choice. Goodbye, Optimus. When we meet again, it will not be as allies. Optimus Primal shares the secret that he learned Earth were through the Matrix. In vain. The Matrix sent us there to bring back the organic elements we now carry in our bodies. The Matrix means for us to restore nature, 
to Cybertron. I, I'll be honest. I actually sat down and watched Revelations Part One, Two, and Three, but I think mm-hmm. I think most of what we really need to know happens in Part Three because Rhinox is still around and he's an ass. That's pretty much what this whole three-parter says to me, is that Rhinox is an ass, and he's back, and he's an ass. Well, I think it's, he's almost, he's very similar to the way that we see him in... He's an ass. That dark, the, dark where Megatron... Dark designs, yes. Dark designs, yeah. I mean, I think he's very similar to himself in that respect, and I think, you know, there's I don't know. I can't remember the resolution on this. Whether or not they decided, like, oh, I was—I didn't mean to be really bad. I was just sort of bad. He but, died, um, and that was sort of it. Yeah, he was—he was unrepentant. Unrepentant. No, well, he wasn't. Um, he died and went to the. He, I think he died, and then just before you know when he died, it was in the first episode of season two. He he went off to the Matrix and said that you know he 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 paid for his sins by dying, and that was about it. I mean, internal to the show, they never really say. If this is Rhinox making his own choice or not, well, I mean, I believe Bob Skur um, opined that Rhinox was like hey, he was, he made his own choice freely. Um, you know, if so, that's awful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> it is. There are visuals in the show where you see Tankor and Rhinox, not in this episode, but in a later episode, where you see Tankor and Rhinox on opposite sides of one spark, struggling in pain. That seems to suggest that. You know, Tankor shell program around Rhinox that, that it's something, and frankly, I I have to believe that. Now, I, I actually really like Beast Machines. I'm not a Beast Machines hater in the slightest. I really actually like Beast Machines. Beast Machines was um, I was able to see all the way through in order thanks to Irish television. First Transformer show I was actually able to videotape all of. <laughs> I've actually probably watched Beast Machines all the way through more times than I've watched any other Transformer series all the way through because I had it all and I could watch it. And I really do like Beast Machines, but I do have to believe that one thing <laughs> in order to get through it. So, so Yeah, I mean, it, there's so much of that character that's established, and it, it is so similar to, like we said, like the previous, that it just kind of makes sense. You know, it's, it's, it's I mean, such that a... Is, um, that is one of the things about Beast Machines, is that it had its story and its character roles that are required for that story to move the way it does. And it really does take the Beast Wars cast and sort of slam them sideways into the roles that the story requires. Um, Some of them work. Cheetor works. Optimus Primal is a big transformation, but you do actually see the character go through the process of becoming a zealot and, and finding religion, essentially. You see it happen. Yeah. Uh, and alternately, Rat Trap just ah. it just sort of happens, you know. Oh. Megatron, there's never any explanation for why he gets his hatred of organics. I always like to believe that he fell on his head when he landed on Cybertron, <laughs> and that was the answer. Mm-hmm. And Rhinox is just another one of those things where it's like they are the the plot called for a former ally of the character to change sides in a non redeemable personal way, and Rhinox was just ganked in to fit the bill, you know? Yeah. Some of the changes I really like, I like what Optimus goes through. I love Silverbolt in Season 2. I love the fact that his honor is turned against him and becomes this thing, that, that this weight on him instead of... This. I mean, mm-hmm. I really hated Silverbolt in Season 3 of Base Stories. He was this goofy cartoon of a character far beyond what he was in Season 2. 
And I really love what they did with him in Beast Machines. And I know that's not a popular opinion, but I really do. No, I, I completely agree. I think it made a character that was sort of two-dimensional, very three-dimensional, and <laughs> and very realistic. So, no, I think, um, I, I think you know, it's one of the things, like, for this episode, um, you know, and a lot of it focuses around that, that revelation of, of Rhinox. But there's the other part of it, which, again, is that sort of, you know, spiritual bit with... Um, Black and of course, when she still thinks that, um, <laughs> just all the weird stuff with thrust that never, that was, you know, a bait and switch that never really worked out. You know, it was such an odd thing that never. It's never like they really were just being so obvious about it that you thought it had to be somebody else, but yeah. Think it was gonna be Waspinator? No, <laughs> no. Even though the evidence was there, hmm. but um. That's the thing yeah. about Beast Machines for me as well, is that it was the first Transformers show that I was actually able to uh, follow as it aired in America. And I don't remember what website it was, and I was on dial-up internet at the time, but I was able to watch Beast Machines episodes week on week as they were as they were aired. And we're talking like little RM files that big. Oh, yes. Yeah. But yeah. I watched it, and I did see the whole <laughs> series as it aired in America. And that never happened again until animated. Like, in between then, from R.I.D. through um, through the entire Unicron trilogy, never happened. So, uh, for that reason alone, like, I, I have this... I, I admit, like, some of it's just having a soft spot for it being the first series I was able to watch while I was part of the online fandom as well that I had this big soft spot for. I'm not blind to its flaws, but, uh, you know, in this episode is like, um, you know, we find out the truth about Rhinox, Optimus Primal and Black Arachnia do some spiritual stuff, and Cheetor and Rattrap stand on top of a bridge for 15 minutes. Yeah, that, that, that does happen. Yes. Yeah, I, I, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned um, Thrust, and I love Thrust so much in the series. He's far and away the best best character to, for me, for for me personally, at least the the new character for the series. Um, it's not this episode. It's uh, I. Oh, was it a later episode? I I used to mention this all the time. When Thrust flipped off Primal. God, oh, best <laughs> thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's like, he's only got three fingers, so he just goes... Yeah, oh. yeah. Just sort of flicks his arm at him, but it's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so in this episode, um, Cheetor's, Cheetor's resolution to the <laughs> Rhinox's evil problem is, Brainwash him! Brainwash him! Do it! Do it! Make him like us again! <laughs> Cheetor... Yeah, and uh, Primal's like, well, no, you know, he, he's made his choice. The idea that a good character could legitimately disagree with the... Uh, Ideology? Uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for here? With the, not the, out, the, the, the outlook, the mission statement, the... The, the philosophy? Goal, the, ide- the ideology, the ideology of their leader and she decides... Fascinating. I don't, we've never had it in a Transformers cartoon before, like, really straight up properly. I think we got it out of Armada Starscream, essentially. It's probably the only other time it really, really happened. Unfortunately, they picked the one Maximal above anyone else in the entire cast who was least likely to do yeah. that out of the previous 52 episodes of character establishment. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh... Yeah, Rhinos didn't have a toy. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> you know... They had a rat toy, and they had a cheater. A che- they had several cheetah toys, remember? They are very large, 
Some. Oh, I remember his face being on all the packages. <laughs> but you know, yeah, you're supposed. To, you should love him. But uh, no, I. Yeah. <sighs> Boy, and I, I don't know. I love that Cheetor bit where even even Rat Trap is like, I don't know. That's not a very cool thing. No, Cheetor's like, do it. I'm like, wow. That yeah, was... when Rat Trap gets to be your moral compass. Yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> The, the, yeah. the, th- the thing I don't like about this episode, or maybe maybe this part of Beast Machines in general, is Black Arachnia is so not really Black Arachnia in the sense that she's just emotionally attached to Silverbolt. Cer- certainly she loved Silverbolt. She, she had that connection. But she was just, in a way, like, neutered because she is just, like completely frozen because she doesn't know how to react because she thinks thrust is silver bowl and that just really stuck out in this episode she went from being an interesting character because of you know her allegiances and her alliances and and those kinds of things to just being a a a broken lover yeah yeah. she is easily Oh, she, it's like she, along with Rattrap, are like the two big characters of the main Maximal cast who suffer in their, yeah. their being forced. I mean, you've got your, your religious, zealot, pacifistic leader, your hot-tempered young second-in-command who doesn't, you know, who questions his leader's judgment. You've got your cowardly tech support. You've got your dark action girl with a secret love that she keeps inside. And you've got the kid. And, like, those are those are the five characters. And, like, they took the Beast, the Beast Wars cast and then they went... In there, <laughs> you do that. <laughs> yeah, you be that, and you be that, and it doesn't. You know, you know that's the big problem out of the gate with beast machines. Yeah. I don't deny that as much as I love the series. So going, Black Arachnia and Rat Trap are the two that really suffer, and that is on display in this episode as well. So watching yeah. watching this originally when it first aired, it seemed to me because the first five or six episodes were so to me at the time boring that it took forever to get to this point going back and like revelations part three is like episode eight or nine of the series but it, but it really it seems like it happened much late all of this these revelations happened much later in the series but they really didn't I that's don't... because it took forever for this series to air those it i seem to recall that the airing schedule of this was like we got the first six episodes and then it was like there was a break or something. It took forever to was get there? to this point. Yeah, I, I, if I'm remembering correctly. I mean, remember that once you had this, we only had four more episodes, and then it went on break in yeah. America for like a year. Yeah. yeah. So like you're looking at those 13 in isolation, which you had to do for like a year. Although if I remember right, Canada just barreled straight into season two. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think even Bob Skur himself says in retrospect they probably shouldn't have waited as long as they did to finally answer all the questions. Because those first seven episodes of Beast Machines, as much as people, you know, joke about Beast Machines or whatever, they are like 75% running away by volume. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. they are. Rob, because so- the Maximals don't have anything to move towards. You know, when I watched this one last night, I'd forgotten that it took until this point for Optimus Primal to believe that their goal was to bring you know, to make Cybertron organic again. I'd forgotten that. Because, uh, I mean, I mean, it turns out at the start of Season 2 that he was wrong and what the Oracle wanted was a balance between the two. But I'd legitimately forgotten that it was 
It took until this point in the story for him to realize that that's what their goal was supposed to be. So they literally were just running around, blowing up vehicles and running away from them for like seven episodes. Very literally <laughs> spending that many episodes looking for a direction. Um, yeah. You should never really let that show on screen. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's not like it was... It's not like it was really meandering in the sense like the first quarter of any of the Unicron trilogy shows could be described as being meandering. You know, you can say each episode is the one in which, you know, the one in which the, 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 fir- the first one, the one in which everybody transforms in the vehicle and they get introduced, the one in which um, Night Scream gets introduced, the Rat Trap episode that nobody likes to talk about. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would that be the Rat Trap episode where he looks after Megatron for a night? That would be still, the one. That, to my mind, is one of the finest bits of Transformers fiction I've ever seen. Internal to that itself, episode. it is a very yeah. solid 22 mm-hmm. minutes, but with regard to any and all previous characterization of the characters, it's a fucking... Ah, you don't watch Beast Machines thinking to yourself, right, I wonder how this ties into Beast Wars. You watch Beast sure. Machines thinking to yourself, how does it tie into its own internal series? One does you, have to divorce the two to properly... But, but completely. That, that, that was the single... Next to Rhinox, and because there's kind of an out to explain it away for Rhinox, it probably does ranks in several marks above it. It really is the single worst instance of Beast Machines just dumping on the original Beast Wars characterization. Yeah, I've always thought about it this way. You look at Beast Machines towards Beast Wars as you look at Beast Wars towards Generation 1. It takes elements, but doesn't take a complete overview. It doesn't sit there and go, and here is the entirety of the Marvel G1 comics. Rip, tear, take, 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 smash, smash, smash. It just takes elements that it likes. It makes it an yeah. internal narrative. Yeah. That's true. Actually, it's presented as a show. Yeah. <clears throat> the I mean, problem it's presented was that as every... a direct sequel written and drawn by the same people. You know, not written, well, not story edited. I'm pretty sure some of the individual scripts must be. Very, very few of the same people worked on it. It wasn't many no. at all. Uh, okay. The other thing I always loved about Beast Machines is it looks like it's a N64 game. <laughs> oh, it looks better than I... that. No, I don't mean for the, the graphical uh, experience that they have. You know, it, it doesn't look like it's someone's playing an N64 game, but the way the textures work, the way that everything's built, it uses the same kind of style that a lot of N64 and Dreamcast games use. That is one of the reasons I will fight anyone who disses on Beast Machines. Bouncing <laughs> <laughs> straight from optimal situation to this one back-to-back last night, I was reminded just how much I do love the... the of Beast Machines. I don't know exactly, I I couldn't describe it to you, but things in Beast Machines look like they would feel different if you touched them to the way things (laughs) look in Beast Wars. Yeah, very true. Include the fire, it would feel like cotton. Yeah. Yeah, I was was thinking about that last night, I think one of the things that really helps Beast Machines stand up, and it looks to me significantly less dated than Beast Wars, is the fact fact that we are not doing a direct one-to-one attempt to make anything real. You Mm -hmm. know, we we are not doing a... we, We are not doing a 1996 CG cheetah, we are doing a partially mechanical cheetah and that really helps and you know yeah but the the later models in beast wars had that advantage too but i think it's even more pronounced here yeah because the the stylization internal to the the show itself works so well to help it stand by itself as you say their beast wars was this is a velociraptor look Mm -hmm. at it it's 1996 (laughs) their mainframe with the best there is out there 
but uh, you know, when they got this one, you had a whole new group of uh, di- uh, art directors and designers and conceptual artists come on board, and they gave it a real style to itself, which I think stands up more than, uh, and stop- in all honesty, pretty much any other series that comes to mind. Yeah. I te- love the look of these, these and, machines. And technology progressed, too. We can't, you know, I mean, technology jumps tremendously from year to year. At least it did mm-hmm. then. It's sort of slowed down a little bit. But um, the difference between 1995 and 1996 technology to 1999, 2000 technology, in, as far as rendering goes, is huge. Oh, so, okay. You know, it's like we were talking about optimal situation in the previous installment and uh, something that, that is like, that is kind of the best Beast Wars ever really looked. Yes. But the water still looked like ass. 